Let's, let's uh, get into the scriptures together. My name's uh, Brother Dan Pluak, if you don't know me. And uh, I just want to share what the Lord put on my heart tonight with you. And uh, could you open to the book of Luke chapter 12? I want to look at a part of this chapter kind of right in the middle. And, well, before we uh, go any further, why don't we ask for the Lord's grace on, on this message here. Lord, we pray for your blessing, Lord. Pray that you add the increase, O oh God. I know, Lord, Lord, that you have a desire and a plan. And, Lord, let it, let it be as you desire it, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. All right, let's, let's read these two verses, uh, Luke 12, verse 35 and 36. It says this, and these are the words of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. I'm reading out of the New International Version. Praise God. Now, I know Brother Brian was talking to us about the relationships that Jesus talked about, and he was saying, you know, the relationship between the Father and the Son that example that Jesus gives, you know, it really is the best. And, and I, I want to acknowledge that for sure. I was already kind of chewing on this passage here, so I did find some good things here. It's about servants and masters. And you know what's really something, though, one thing and I want to share with you that I, I saw. Maybe you think, oh, brother, I know that. I, I, I know all about that, praise God. But to me, it really was something I hadn't really paid attention to. You know, Jesus is no ordinary master. He's, he's not a He's not a, just a normal master. You're like, well, brother, what do you mean? Well, we'll see a little bit later, I think. Praise God. So the Lord talks about masters and servants here, right? And, you know, I, I see that there's some things in this, these verses here that we see in other places where Jesus teaches about, right? Uh, how about the lamps burning? Don't we see that with when he talks about the ten virgins who are waiting for the bridegroom, Right? And they were supposed to be ready for when the bridegroom came. Ten, there were ten of them. Five of them were wise and brought extra oil for their lamps. Five were foolish. And of course, as time went by, the foolish, their lamps went out and they didn't have any oil. And so they were left out of, of the marriage. And how about uh, many different times Jesus talked about servants that were left to care for a householder possessions while their master was away. Right? That's a similar thing that we see Jesus talking about. And how about weddings and wedding banquets here? Uh, we were just talking about this in our home fellowship last week. The king who invited many to his wedding banquet, but they all began to make excuses. And they missed out. But here, it has these similar things, but he's talking about this case where a master leaves his house, his estate, to go to a wedding banquet... And he leaves his servants behind at home, and it's expected that they'd be ready for when he comes back. Right? That's what's expected of them. All right, let's read verse 38. So I want to skip a little bit here. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. You know, I'm just trying to think, what, what's the importance here of this? 
him coming back, what, what, what does he need them to do? Don't know how far he went. We don't know how, for how long. Maybe he was traveling with animals. Maybe he had a lot of supplies. Right? Those servants would have to be there to help take care of those things. At the very least, they were supposed to be ready to open the door. And I'm asking myself the question, what happens if the master comes home and even gets out? I mean, it'd be great, wouldn't you say? He, he's pulling in and they see him coming and open the door for him before he even gets down, right? Wouldn't that be great? But let's say he goes to knock and he knocks and there's no answer. Uh-oh. And he knocks again, no answer. <clears throat> what if he actually starts doing some of the things that the servants are supposed to do, Right? Yikes. Got to start wondering if maybe... Well, I mean, I guess if someone else is doing your responsibility for you, you got to wonder whether it's even necessary for you to be around, right? I remember we used to work at a job at an office some years ago and kind of had a joke. <clears throat> you don't want to make a mistake that's going to cost the company more money than they're paying you to work for them. You know what I'm saying? And we would laugh, but at the same time, it was kind of nervous laughter because you knew it was kind of very possible that you could do such a thing, you know? Innocent mistake, but for some reason, the contractor's really upset and doesn't want to continue the contract. Uh Uh-oh. Or whatever. Now, I don't really want to focus very much tonight about you know, you think about servants and masters, and it's a picture of accountability, right? And responsibility and, and <clears throat> discipline. And I don't really want to focus on that aspect, although, you know, it's, it's there. But as we've already talked about, and as we'll see further on here, it's this thing the Lord keeps coming back to. And it's that, are, will they be ready for when the master returns? Wow. And even here, so many times the Lord, he'll talk about what things were done or what wasn't done. And I notice it doesn't really say anything about any of that. And we don't know if these servants were really hard workers and we don't know how much they may have done for their master, but we know this. What really matters here in this picture is whether they're ready or not when he comes back. And isn't that a lesson for us? Praise the Lord. Amen? All right, now, again, I was very encouraged by this, and I I pray you will be too. Let's keep reading here. Verse 39, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You must also be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. You know, we know how thieves operate, right? I guess... I, maybe there's some, I've heard of this, a thief will come right into a house while people, people are in there. Wow, that's, that's really something. But I don't think that's normal. I think they try to make sure that they come by surprise. When no one's pay, paying attention, no one's expecting them, when nobody's home, right? I mean, is, is, are you going to get a phone call from the thief and he's going to say, listen, uh, I just want you to know I've been watching your house and you know... Uh, I, just, I thought I'd let you know. I, I, I want to come and take your stuff. You know, tomorrow, I, I notice, maybe tomorrow night, like 8 o'clock, because I, I notice you're not there usually that night of the week, and 
that time of the night. So uh, I can break into the window in the back, you know, where people aren't going to see me. But would you, would you be a pal and leave the door open? Because that, that'll be great, right? Are you going to say, well, I get, well, that's a bummer. I guess I'm going to break in my house. It's too bad. Just go about your business? Or would you cancel all your plans? Would you call in reinforcements? I'm going to have Timothy and Jeremiah standing in the driveway with, with baseball bats. Maybe, actually, maybe I'll have Josh and, and Stephen join them. They'll probably put up a bigger fight, right? Maybe even Autumn. She, she'd probably do pretty good, too. You'd not suffer or allow your house to be broken into if you knew. But who knows these things, right? And that's why the Lord is using this example. Whoever knows, it's this, the nature of, of a thief. They come when you do not expect when you don't pay attention, you don't realize it, and that's when they come. And Jesus says, that's just how it's going to be when I return, when the Son of Man returns. And hopefully we see who he's talking about here, right? Jesus Christ is going to return, amen? He's going to come back. And he's saying, you must be ready. Praise God. And the Lord's promised to us that he's going to return. Amen? Should we remember that? Praise God. Let me just read you some verses. John 14, verse 3. What did the Lord say? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. I'm going to come back, Jesus said. I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I'm going to come back and receive you. He's promising it. Praise God. How about Acts chapter 1, verse 11? I'll just read this. Remember the disciples, they watched the Lord go right up into the sky, ascended up into heaven right, right before their faces, and they're staring. And these angels said to them, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Praise the Lord. Make no mistake, he's going to come back just the same way that you saw him go up. And we know, as Jesus says, he's going to come as a thief. You will not know. Matthew 24, verse 36. But of that day and hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. And Revelation 16, verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And I want to ask, are we looking forward to the Lord's return? Tonight, praise God, are we, are we, do we want to be ready for that? I want to be ready. Praise God. And, of course, we also know, right? And, and how about today being a, a special reminder of this, right? And if the Lord tarries longer, we come to the end of our lives, right? Before he returns, we also must stand before him. Praise God. In one way or another, we're going to be, we must be before the Lord, and we must be ready. Ready for the Lord's return or ready for the end of our lives, right? One or the other. And we don't usually know how it's going to happen. Praise God. But I want to back up a little bit. I know I didn't read verse 37. I want to go back and look at this because this is, you know, again, the Lord is the master and he has authority and power and he is to be respected and to be feared. But, you know, we also need to remember 
Let's read what verse 37 says. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve. will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or toward daybreak. Wow, did you catch that? Again, who's it talking about here? Who's the master? Jesus is saying the Son of Man is going to return. That's the master, amen? The Lord's going to return. Who's the one then that's going to, when he finds his servants watching, when he comes back, he's going to himself put on clothes to serve them? Is this, am I reading this? Is Jesus talking about himself? He's going to serve his own servants. He's going to have them sit down and wait on them. And I was thinking, you know, wait a second. When he returns, this is, you know, I know when he was in the flesh and when he walked and when he was saying these words, we know that he was in a humble, humble place. We know, what does the Bible say? That he made himself of no reputation and he took upon himself the form of a servant. Amen? And he was living that life of humility and serving others. And he was showing us as an example. And you know, I, I tend to think of it when he comes to the end of his life and, and that's over and that's finished. I tend to think of it it's like, you know, now, now he's glorified, right? What does the Bible say? What will he be called? King of kings, Lord of lords, amen? Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Not, I'm not so much thinking about that he's going to serve. But brethren, I, I have to believe here from this description, even though he's glorified and praise God, he's not suffering anymore. He has not lost that heart that he had when he was with his disciples. Praise God. He's not put the value of that away. And I've got to believe he will even be willing to choose to serve even, even in, in, such a, in such a time. And I wanted to look at one place here where we see the Lord after, after he had gone all the way to the end, after he went to the cross, after his suffering was finished, after he was put in the grave, after he was risen in a new body. And we see this picture of him serving. Uh, John chapter... 21. Praise the Lord. What earthly master does this? Right? I mean, I, I'm sure you can find an example of kind masters in history, and maybe they done, have done very nice things and kind things, but you know, when you think of a master, the master is served. Right? And the servant's are the ones who serve. It's not the other way around. John 21, verse 9 says, As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which you have now caught. 
And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty and three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. And Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. I think the New Living Translation says, Come and have some breakfast. None of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. And this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. After. And what's he doing? Wait a second. I th- Jesus, I thought you were supposed to be focused on glory and power and ruling the nations. And here he is reaching out to his disciples in, in their confusion, right? In their, you know, kind of wandering away because of everything that had happened. And there's so much here. Of course, we know. We've, we've looked at these scriptures so many times, so much to, to, to see here and what the Lord was showing. But I just love this picture. I just love to read this. Amen. I, I, I was sharing in chapel years ago I read these verses, and then <clears throat> I was telling the chapel about how I, I was inspired one, one day. I was watching a cooking show, New Orleans cooking show, and they were cooking, uh, they were making fried fish. Now, uh, we don't have fish very often in our house. I, Sister Jenny, you know, I know it seems she has no, no uh, faults at all, but uh, there's one thing, she doesn't like fish. Um, She must have special grace to be a Christian and not like fish, right? I... So we don't have fish a lot. Well, here's the thing. My son Timothy loves fish. Loves... And it was his birthday. And I, I don't know. I was just inspired. I'm like, I'm going to make some fish. I'm going to fry some fish. So I, I got what you, you put the eggs in the flour and you batter, put the batter on the fish and then put it in the oil. And I, I thought it was amazing that I did this myself. <laughs> and I'm telling the kids this, and you know, they were actually on the edge of their seats. It was really something. And I guess I was getting carried away because all of a sudden the bell rings, and I hardly got to say anything else about like the scriptures and what I was going to share. I was like, oh boy, I don't know what... I felt like I really dropped the ball there. But wouldn't you know... Years later, a young person comes up to me and says, yeah, remember when you talked about feeding fish, cooking fish for your son? I think it might have been the only time anyone ever told me something they remembered that I shared with them. (laughs) Wow. Praise God. That's okay, right? Must have been something good about that, I guess. Praise the Lord. But, you know, I I do want to say, doesn't it speak for itself? I mean, isn't this amazing? They come, you know, again, I didn't read the earlier on, but they're fishing all night, just like a, a time right in the very beginning when the Lord first came up to them and called them. And they're not catching anything, and then he tells them, cast on the other side. And it's just like, it's like a replay of all of that. And Peter, and he just comes, he's so excited to see the Lord. And they see this fire coals with fish on, on top. And the Lord's saying, okay, guys, before we do anything, why don't I feed you some food? Wow, this is, this is the, the, the Lord of all, the Lord of all creation right here. This is his heart. This is the one that we serve. Wow. 
I mean, I want to encourage you, right? Let's not forget. Yeah, he is, he is awesome, and he is mighty, and he is powerful. But I'm telling you, oh, you, you have all good reason to serve him. You are not going to lose in any way by serving this master and this Lord. Praise God. And he's not going to treat you as a lowly servant in that day. He's going to treat you as a friend. Praise God. Okay, let's go look back in Luke chapter 12. And doesn't Jesus ask us to follow his example? Amen. He's not asking us to do anything he would not do himself. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's look at verse 41. Peter asks, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? It's just really wonderful to you know, think about Peter. Lord, do I take this like, you know, are you, are you really focusing on just me here because, or can I kind of, you know. And then the Lord, instead of answering him directly, he gives him another parable or, or example here, praise God. Verse 42, the Lord answers, who then is a faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, my master's taking a long time in coming. And he begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. And at an hour he is not aware of, and he will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. Wow, the Lord is talking again about another, another example here. You know, two, two examples, a, a faithful and wise manager. And this one, just like Jesus was doing, feeds and gives what's needed, right? You think this, this one has it's the same heart that the master has. And he cares about the others that are around, just like the master cares. Praise God. And he wants them to be taken care of. And he's going to spend his time doing what? what the master would want, and what the master desires. Praise the Lord. And the master will find him because he's faithfully serving the Lord with that heart. Master's going to find him ready. Praise God. And of course, we see the, the example. We see the example here of, unfortunately, a, a servant who, well, he says, my Lord's taken too long. He's taken a long time. And he starts beating, hurting those around him. He starts getting involved in uh, drunkenness and wrong behavior. And he's not going to be ready, the, the Lord says. not going to be ready for when he returns. And, you know, I, I just was thinking, hey, I don't know for sure, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, could it be that this servant... This servant had a lot to take care of. Could, could it be? I almost wonder if, you know, the master goes away and now his, his responsibility, you know, 
doubles or more. Maybe, maybe he's doing things that the master would normally have to take care of. I'm just wondering. And time's going by. The master hasn't come back yet. I don't know. Maybe he's getting frustrated. Maybe he's saying, I wish the master would come back by now. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of our situation here, right? Because is it not a picture of the Lord as our master? And it might be at times where we say, Lord, boy, I wish you'd come back. I wish you'd take care of things, right? We look around us and we see, oh, praise the Lord, we know that he is going to. We read those scriptures. Jesus promised he's going to. He's going to come back. But can't we start focusing on what's wrong with everything, right? And get distracted by those things. Well, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with this verse here. I'll just read it for you. 2 Peter 3, verse 9 and 10. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Brethren, if the Lord hasn't come back yet, he has good reason. He tells us right here. This is the reason. When I look around and I see things the way they are and I wish they could be fixed, I wish they could all be changed. This hasn't happened yet. I've got I'm to I'm read this verse. Wait a second. The Lord's... You know, you know why it hasn't happened yet? Because of this. The tender mercies of the Lord. He is tarrying. He is waiting. For what? For as many souls as possible to come to the Lord and to be made right with their, their God, their Creator, their Savior, Jesus Christ. He's waiting. It's because he's patient and he is concerned and compassionate. And I want to ask, if it's not a mission for us to grab hold of in the midst of a dark world, I don't know what is, brethren, right? If it's not the work, if that's not the kind of work that the servants of the Master should be busy with, I don't know what is, amen? Praise God. I want to encourage my brothers and sisters tonight that this is, this is what it's all for. This is what it's all about. What souls is the Lord trying to bring into the kingdom before that day comes? Praise God. And yet he calls us to help serve and to reach out, help them to come to know the Savior. And brethren, about being ready, you know, again, I don't know everything to say about that, but I'll share. You know, Brother Don, he was talking to us about being in the Lord and in Christ, right? On Wednesday, what an encouragement. And I hear... I hear about relationship there. Amen? And I don't know how else to say to be ready than to be in continuing in that relationship with Jesus Christ. Praise God. You know, we have a picture here of distance, and there's not really any good way to communicate in these, in these cases here, but I want to tell you, you know, that's where it's not exactly the same, is it? Because we can, by God's grace, we can walk in communion and in a close relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Ghost. The lamps that are burning, that should be burning. Let me ask you this, who has the oil? Where do we get the oil from? 
We're not going to get it from ourselves, amen? I'm not going to find it in myself. The Lord has the oil through the Holy Spirit. And he says, come and, and buy and I will, I will give it to you. I won't hold back. I'll give you what you need. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, will give us what we need. Where are we going to get the strength to serve Christ as we should? Where are we going to get our direction from when we don't know exactly where to go, which way to take? And where are we going to receive forgiveness when we need forgiveness and mercy? It's going to come through Jesus Christ and being close to him. How can we remain ready to serve him now in this life and be ready for when he returns or when we're called home? I want to say it's our connection with Jesus Christ. Praise God. I don't know any other way to say than to say that we've got to be close to Jesus and walking close, closer and closer as every day that goes by. Praise God. Could you turn to John 15, verse 4, and I'll finish with this verse here. I pray that this is an encouragement to you. What an awesome Lord we serve. We know this scripture. Jesus is talking again to his disciples. He says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Praise the Lord. And it is true, brethren, that we might face trials from time to time, and there's challenges, and it might seem that there's some distance there, and we might say, Lord, I, I'm, I'm not, I feel distant from you. We know that that's going to happen at times. But I want to encourage you not to quit. And don't stop reaching out for the Lord because he's got the strength and grace to help you through those times. And I want to just finish with this thought. You know, if you love somebody, aren't you always looking for them? I tell you, maybe you might think I'm weak. I I don't like to be away from Sister Jenny for very long. I'm I'm looking forward to get back, right? Right? Because I love my wife, right? about your children. Sometimes I'm not so worried about the children being out of the house. And Sister Jenny is watching for them to return. She's concerned, right? And I am too, yes. Don't you look for those that you love? And are you, are you looking for Jesus Christ? And, you know, brethren, I, and again, I don't want to take time because I want give us a few minutes here to spend with the Lord. Not only, you know, being a Christian is being ready. And not just for him to return, but also for everything that he would want us to do in the meantime. Isn't that wonderful? I've been just uh, going over so many of the examples in the book of Acts about how Christians were ready to do something specific God wanted them to do. You can go through all the names. You could talk about uh, Barnabas. You could talk about uh, Ananias, who received a vision from the Lord. You could talk about Paul, of course. And you could talk about Philip, and you could talk about, uh, you could talk about Aquila and Priscilla. Amen? And, and there's others. They were ready. They were ready at every moment to serve the Lord. And you know it's because they were in a close relationship filled with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So I, I hope that's an encouragement, and, and maybe we can take a few minutes now if you want to 
Just respond to the Lord. And if, if, if you know, you know what? It's true. My relationship with the Lord is not, not where it should be. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Don't wait another minute. You, you get with the Lord. And you turn to him like you turn to someone that you love. Because I'm going to tell you the Lord is turning to you. Praise God. Amen? All right, let's take a few minutes, brethren.